Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 2nd, Woo-hoo! 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. November 2nd. I feel like it's just before another day that's really important. I can't put my finger <laughs> on what that might be. Oh, God. I'm ill. I don't know. I don't know why, but there's just the feeling of uh, just something in the pit of my stomach. That's existential dread. Yes, that's exactly what that is. Oh, I always feel that. That's nothing new. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Very fair. You're a Sondheim fan. That kind of goes with the territory. But (laughs) uh, before we get to the existential dread of the world, actually, we're not going to talk about that. But um, if you missed it, there was a lovely hour of this week on Broadway on Sunday in which the one and only Sandy Duncan joined the program for the entirety of the episode. Very nice. Yeah, they talked about... Um, everything uh, in her career of obviously her Broadway runs in Peter Pan, which is how I don't think I first knew her from that. She did a sitcom where I think she took over for Valerie Harper. Um, like Valerie Harper died and then she took over in the show. Anyway, that's what I remember her mm, from first. Don't know. But she did Peter Pan, obviously. She did Chicago on Broadway. She did work with the Muppets, which they talked about. She talks about her co-stars on stage, screen, uh, stage and screen, both television and film. It's a really, really lovely episode. Of course, you can also um, join all of our This Week on Broadway recordings by heading over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. And of course, you can send your questions there when we have guests. You can also listen to it being recorded live. We will have some interviews strategically placed throughout the schedule (laughs) this week. Um, So you will hear those first as all episodes of Broadway Radio appear first in our Patreon feed before coming to the regular feed. One other thing I wanted to talk about, actually, because I didn't see it, um, you Mm -hmm. mentioned that this happened, um, so I didn't want to put it in the recommendations because I didn't have anything to talk about it because I didn't see it yet, but John Mulaney was the host. What is a recommendation? Yeah, 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 but I didn't want to be the one to be like, and there's this recommendation of this thing that I was told was good, but I have not seen. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Um, I'm not a very good liar, but um, so John Mulaney host- poker player? Shouldn't you be- well, yeah, but you don't actually lie. You just uh, sit there and look dead-faced all I mean, the time. I mean, that's very fair. I'll allow it. I'll, yeah, thank I'll you. allow it. Thank you for allowing my existence. You're um, but, but John Mulaney <laughs> was the host of Saturday Night Live this weekend, as he is wont to do whenever yeah. he's on the show. He did another musical segment, this yes, one indeed. featuring um, like a Times Square souvenir shop. Exactly. Is this like set during the time of COVID or no? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a it's like a, like the souvenir shop, basically, that's on 44th Street and 8th Ave. Uh, and he it's during the pandemic, so it's dead. And uh, Pete Davidson's character wants to buy a pair of I Love New York underwear in this case. Makes and sense, they're yeah. absolutely horrified by that because he also wants to try them on before buying them. Well, so I mean, you got to make sure it fits. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. See, so you, would, you would also cue a musical number. So, congratulations <laughs> for that. I would love that. But they use generally <laughs> in these uh, things, they do like different, different, uh, they do different uh, verses from different shows mm-hmm. and stuff. What, what did they use in this one? Well, you did mention Sondheim. So, they did, I'm still here from Follies. They did Send in the Clowns, of course. Course, which was sent in the crowds in this case. Of course. Uh, with Kate McKinnon singing it. 
Uh, and Maya Rudolph did I'm Still Here. There was Luck Be a Lady. There was Hey Big Spender. There was, uh, I've already forgotten what the other, there was what, at least, oh, well, they ended what, with One Day More. And then there right, was One More, do, yeah. of course. Yeah. Was there something from Frozen? I'm looking at, um, <laughs> the YouTube clip now and there's, it looks like someone dressed as Elsa. There was definitely, I, I think it was A.D. Bryant dressed as Elsa. And that was just part of like, uh, you know, all the people. Like the like Times yeah. Square Elmo and everything behind yeah, yeah. behind the scenes. There wasn't a number from Frozen though. Got it. Well, we will have a link to that in the show notes. Those are always tons of fun. They're so check v- that. Very out. very good. Uh, yeah, it's one of the only times I watch SNL, and it's still still in bits. Of course, not the whole episode because can't be bothered with that. But no. when John Mulaney's on, there's usually a musical number of some kind, and I will absolutely. Yeah. Watching it. All right. So let's move into the news, Ashley. And first up, last week, the Industry Standard Group announced their launch and creation. They are the first completely BIPOC commercial theater investment and production organization, and they will be focusing on increasing the presence of BIPOC investors and producers in the theatrical industry. The founding members of the group are Rashad V. Chambers, Miranda Goh, Adam Hindman, Tony R. Israel, Rob Lacroix, Sammy Lopez, Renee uh, Pinoy, and Cynthia J. Tong. According to Press Notes, the Industry Standard Group's mission is to give existing and potential BIPOC investors, producers, artists, and theater makers opportunities to participate in the financing and producing of projects and to promote and invest in work that reflects the diversity of its membership. Therefore, fostering more equitable, diverse, and inclusionary representation in the commercial industry of the arts and entertainment. Now, actually, this is something that we have been talking about on Broadway Radio, I mean, really since mm. the time that I got here, which was, I mean, at this point, is it going on five years, six it's years ago? I don't remember. Yeah. It's been a while, but it's great when we see diversity on stage. That is super important. But the the real, you're not going to get real equity and equality in theater until it happens at the level of the people making the decisions. And that's the producers and investors, or in the case of the not-for-profit world, you know, the artistic directors and the managing directors and all that stuff. But um, this is a much-needed initiative, and I sincerely hope that the Industry Standard Group is incredibly successful, and this encourages far more people of color to start joining the ranks of, of theater producers uh, than we currently see. So I am very excited to see what happens with this organization. Yeah, this is amazing. And seconding what you said for sure about, you know, and what we've talked about many times, especially in recent months, as far, you know, insofar as change coming behind the scenes and not those who are on the stage. And I, I don't want to be like, I don't want to say that representation on the stage is kind of like a figurehead situation, but yeah. that you are truly, truly getting the change from the people behind the scenes, especially producers, investors of any kind, directors, uh, writers, uh, as far back as you can go. And we don't see that. We, hopefully, groups like this it will be the start of major industry change and change that actually matters because, of course, seeing, seeing people of color on stage, seeing, you know, any marginalized group on stage matters, but the industry as a whole is not going to change if the behind the scenes doesn't. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to another um, story that is kind of surprising, but uh, very encouraging, because last night, the Broadway Journal reported that Sag Harbor's Bay Street Theater is in the process of building a permanent home. The location will be across the street. They say Caddy Corner, I think is how they describe it, from the venue that the company is currently renting and will include at least two theaters, a main space and then a black box that will allow the nonprofit to develop more shows. They are currently paying about $300,000 per year in rent, and their lease expires in May 2023. The artistic director did not say exactly how they were going to be funding this new project, although there is Mm -hmm. a new organization that has um, come together, Friends uh, of Bay Street and Sag Harbor Redevelopment. The property was previously listed at $13.9 million. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do not know exactly what they paid for it or how they um, are financing it, but they are going to be looking to do um, some fundraising and endowment work uh, in the coming months and years. Um, but what I think is so interesting about this, Ashley, is that this is obviously a great time for people looking to buy real estate in New York for <laughs> obvious reasons, yeah. as I've been, uh, as I've been looking into options to potentially move at some time in 2021. Yay. I know rents are, I know, we'll, well, we'll see if COVID ever leaves, yeah, but, well. um, rents are down everywhere. Building costs are down. Um, uh, so this is, makes sense. I just didn't expect a theater company to be right. one to have the financial ability to invest so heavily in in real estate but uh but good for them i i not so much anymore but i used to always stay in uh long island not all the way out in sag harbor of course but um it's uh it's great to have a permanent really good theater company there and they're a well-known company and Mm -hmm. so this is exciting to see them uh lay down like official permanent roots yeah definitely i love sag harbor would absolutely love to go out there to see some bay street theater once they get settled into a new home and uh you know theater ever actually exists again inside said homes i'm just after so many uh you know closing up notices i know i'm so glad to see some kind of news from a theater company being like yeah no we're actually opening a home rather than shutting it down. It's just really yeah. nice to see after so many, especially recently. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go over to some feel-good recommendations in addition to the John Mulaney bit from last mm-hmm. week. Um, this one is a no-brainer for me because um, I've talked about this a lot, but we have a new uh, song from Laura Ostas and Aaron Tveit's Hallmark movie, um, One Royal Holiday. They sing Winter Wonderland. I have not watched this. It aired on Saturday night at the exact same time. Oh, it's already State. out? Yes, it aired on, wow. sa- on Halloween. It was, um, but the song is available on Spotify. Um, and I've got a video, uh, uh, for it that you can watch from Hallmark, but I uh, like the recording session, but it aired at the same time as my Ohio State Buckeyes were beating James Marino's Penn State Nittany Lions mm. for like, for the fourth straight year, by the way. Um, so I didn't watch it yet and I was busy all day on Sunday, so I haven't watched it, but I will. I'm very, very excited to sit down and watch that. So listen to that. I'm sorry to announce that I don't have a team. Since you two are apparently competing. Well, we, uh, we, uh, are both Big Ten alums, so I will, uh, uh I will absolve you of this rivalry. So thank you uh, very much. <laughs> um, speaking of things that you can listen to, also last week, Sony Music Masterworks released the first single from the upcoming soundtrack from the film version 
of The Prom, Tonight Belongs to You, was released. You can also stream that on the Spotify if you have that. Um, I have to admit, Ashley, I... Um, I have expressed some reservations from like those early mm-hmm. photos, but the trailer looked Sounds really good. good. Yeah, yeah, trailer ca- looked good. Trailer looked good. Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised by this track, except for one specific actor. I don't think we need to say who that was yeah. because anyone who's paid attention knows who that was. Yeah. But but just the quality of it, I'm really impressed. I you know coming off of years of Ryan Murphy's Glee, like you, ex- I kind mm. of expected a very Glee version of the song, very produced, very slick. But honestly, this just sounds like another company doing the Broadway yeah, number, exactly. which is great. Which is great. All right, so I don't know if this last thing is actually going to be a feel-good recommendation because it brings up a lot of uh, emotions for tons of people. But last week, Felicia Fitzpatrick, who I have been trying to get on today on Broadway like for all of 2020, but that's another story. (laughs) So if you know her, let her know that we want her on the show. But she released an oral history on the musical The Scottsboro Boys, The Candor and Ebb Show. It's this huge, exhaustive look throughout the show's development, starting with um, director and choreographer uh, Susan Stroman, book writer David Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, the, the composer John Candor, of course, Fred Ebb, uh, has passed away. Uh, but then they talked to cast members uh, Joshua Henry, Brandon Victor Dixon, Coleman Domingo, Forrest McClendon, Rodney Hicks, Sharon Washington, Josh Breckenridge, um, and tons of other like um, producers and artistic directors I'm who helped the show I'm in the development. I'm scrolling through it, and it's so incredibly extensive. Uh, it's amazing. Um, uh, Christian Dante White's in there. It's just a, an incredible look. I love the whole oral history thing because it's love a way to kind history. of just hear from the people who lived it. Um, exactly. And obviously – it's edited and obviously they pick what quotes to use and everything, but like it's their legitimate thoughts. And I, and I love these things all the time. And it, it, this is a show that I did not get to see on stage, but I love the cast album. Um, it only Likewise. played, um, what is that? Like 78 shows on Broadway between, uh, previews and actual performances, but, um, an absolutely, uh, incredible show that deserves to be produced all around the world. So um, check that out. It's a long read, but it's so, so worth it. It seems worth it. Yeah, I love oral histories. As you said, it's a way to hear from the people who actually lived it. Not that I don't adore good writing and it pays my bills. So, uh, (laughs) but I would much rather hear from the people behind the scenes and on the stage about what they did. Uh, Yeah, this is what the 10 year anniversary of it. So it is. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why this was done. It ran. And um, on Broadway, oh, I lost the date here, but um, but yeah, it, it ran on Broadway in the 2010 season. 2010, so. October 31st, 2010 oh, no. at the Lyceum. Yeah, and uh, was part of the 2011 Tony Awards. There we go. Yeah. So, all right. So check out all of those things. We will have links to everything in the show notes. And thank you for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right. We will have some interviews coming up in the feed this week. Of course, as always, depending on what news happens, both in the theater community and outside the theater community, especially this week, they will be strategically placed uh, throughout. But um, we will be here if anything big breaks. Um, I don't know what could potentially be big that would break at this point, but we will see. But of My course, spirit. everybody... 
your spirit. <laughs> uh, everybody <laughs> have a wonderful Monday. If you have not, don't forget to vote uh, on Tuesday uh, yes. because early voting is pretty much all done at this point. So uh, get out there. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not worth it. Don't let anybody disenfranchise you from uh, a, a right that you must most certainly need to exercise this year. Mm-hmm. So have a wonderful Monday and in some form or fashion, we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.